Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Diva Behavior. We've got a really fun episode for you today. We're still on our Royals kick after our last episode about the royal family at large. We're now zooming in on Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York. I mean, what a 90s throwback, right? And my guest today is Sandy Ritchie. She is hilarious. I've known her for a while. She is a New Jersey native. She's from Asbury Park. And she has red hair just like Fergie. And fun fact, my natural hair color is also red, but I dye it blonde because I'm a coward. As always, please make sure you're subscribed to Diva Behavior on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you find podcasts. If you have any questions or comments, you can hit me up at info at divabehavior.com. Feel free to follow Diva Behavior on Instagram and Twitter at divabehaviorpod, and follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Molly. Mulshine. So let's just get into it. Some people think Diva's a bitch. I never said that. Diva Great, great gowns, beautiful gowns. Of course, I don't trust you. Diva Behavior, the podcast. So something really interesting to me, reading about her life and her times and everything, is just why. Prince Andrew continually gave her chance after chance after chance. I mean, now we've found out that he's no prize himself with all the Epstein shit, which is mm-hmm. mind blowing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, how did she get herself in there? It was, it's funny how he seemed to overlook everything. Like, oh, your wife has a boyfriend. She's, he's like, oh, whatever. Oh, your ex-wife is, you know, collecting money so that people can connect with you. He's like, oh, whatever. He's willing to overlook a lot. But maybe it's like you said, because he had those skeletons in his own closet. Yeah. Maybe that made him a little more forgiving. I think that must be a part of it. And it just seems more like they have a brother-sister relationship rather than a husband-wife relationship. Yes. Because, I completely agree. Yeah, like for listeners who don't know, they've been divorced for probably almost 30 years and she still lives with him mm-hmm. and she now has gotten herself back invited to royal weddings and stuff like that. She was at Meghan and Harry's wedding. Mm-hmm. But also on the redhead types, I feel like she's gotten better with age. She looks better now. 100%. She it looks- could be because she's trying a little less. Yeah, maybe. I think... I think something really interesting um, that came out of that one, that documentary that we both watched, what was it called? Down Fergie downfall of a duchess. Yes. Was the quote where she said, and I wrote it down every time I'm having trouble, I go back to where I'm safe, which is with a horse. (laughs) I had no idea she was such a horse girl. Oh yeah. There's something about children raised as equestrians that separates them for a lifetime from the rest of us. You know, you got your Gigi Hadid, your yes. Bella Hadid, your Jessica Springsteen, uh, Mary Kate, Ol- or, yeah, Mary Kate Olsen. Um, once you go horse, you never come back like that. You'll never see an equestrian at the coin star machine cashing in their change. At least I never have. And I, yeah, <laughs> what is, what is it with that? Is it the money or do you think it's something else? I think it's like, I I definitely think it's the money and maybe it's the physical act of being higher than other people upon your very expensive (laughs) horse that just changes you on a cellular level. I think that's so, that's gotta be so true. (laughs) They really are just a band apart. Those horse girls. Mm -hmm. Like I have such vivid memories of the horse girl from my elementary school. Um, She was allergic to everything under the sun Like, she literally would talk about her. She should have been living in a bubble, but she just, like, came alive when she was on her horse, and she talked about horses all the time, and she would try to get everybody to pick a favorite horse, and we would be like, girl, no one else gives a shit, but I think she was maybe onto something. Okay, I'm embarrassingly going to drop a name, so pardon me while I pick it up. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was at a party last Christmas, and Eddie Burns and Christy Turlington were there. Mm. Some, some stroke of luck, like all the stars aligned, and Eddie Burns, who like he asked me to call like, Eddie. Eddie Burns from Entourage and Eddie a billion other things, but that's okay. my main thing. Um, turned around, and he said, how's your night going? And we t- we literally took off together on a party plane and it was amazing and he had mentioned that his daughter uh rides horses and he mentioned how expensive it was and i i said to him like think about it the girls that ride horses aren't so interested in boys they're not getting in trouble you know like that is a very equestrian activities are a very expensive form of birth control in my opinion because i to this date have never seen a teen horseback rider while pregnant have you Oh my God, you're right. I just pictured that in my head and it just like broke my brain. Yeah, those horse girls are on a whole other level. They don't give a shit about boys. Yeah. And they, you know, they may never. You can't be pregnant on horseback. No, that's that's probably why they're so careful. Wow. And they probably just never have sex. <laughs> because riding the horse is enough. Yeah. <laughs> I think... <laughs> But you know what else is interesting is Fergie didn't have the same pressure on her to be a virgin before she married Andrew. Like, she already had a boyfriend before who didn't want to marry her. Yeah, much older guy. Yeah, which is wild because Prince Andrew, like, could have basically had anyone. Well, except for, you. do you know about Koo Stark, the woman that he dated before Fergie? No, tell me about her. Okay, so she was like... um, she was an actress and she had been in sort of a softcore porn. I don't even know if it was a softcore porn, but she basically had like a very tame but still slightly nude girl on girl scene in a movie. And so the public found out about that and Andrew couldn't marry her. And then he married Fergie shortly after. So it's weird because by all accounts, this woman, Koo Stark, was really sweet and really nice and really, other than that, scandal-free. Whereas mm-hmm. because Fergie didn't have this public sex scandal, she was deemed more suitable for Andrew, even though she turned out to be a complete psycho. Right. And I think that had that happened 30 years later, we'd all be fine with it. Because as you know, Meghan Markle was on the American equivalent of a girl-on-girl scene in the American Cable hit show, USA's suits. Yeah. <laughs> she she gave in our last episode, Carrie said the one British person that I've had on to talk about the Royals. As she said she said that like her big beef with Meghan Markle is that she simulated a blowjob in a for a movie role. And that's a huge issue. The simulation is a huge issue. Yeah. Were there props? I don't know. I think we just saw her head. <laughs> You just, it wasn't like a Chloe Savini and kids moment. It was like, you just saw her head go down and it was like a funny scene too. It wasn't like erotic. If only it were that easy. (laughs) I know. Right. But so like 30 years later, you're right. Like no one gives a shit that Meg, I mean, some people care, but she was still allowed to marry him. Like nobody was going to prevent her based on that. Right. But so with Fergie, let's talk about some of the hijinks she got up to after she married Prince Andrew, what w- what was like your, what were some of your favorite things that she I did? I think my favorite was the spending. Just how like she, you know, she grew up pretty well off, polo playing dad, whatnot, but she just took off and that never curtailed even post-marriage. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. The, um... I loved her challenges with weight, which I feel like such an asshole for saying. But um, it's just, to me, it's just proof that weight challenges are, it's a mental issue. It's not a physical thing. It's not a matter of means because she's someone who had all the means in the world, you know, and just couldn't get it together. But I'm sure we'll come back to all the Duchess of Pork stuff. Um, Well, it's crazy because if you look at her weight in the 90s, it's another example of today, no one would have noticed or given a shit. Not even. And if you did, you're an asshole. Yeah. And people were so nasty to her about that. It was like the spending and the infidelity and the weight were like her three main storylines throughout the 80s and 90s. And it's so the weight thing is the only thing that's so unfair. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I'm, I'm sure we'll come back to that. I think, okay, the other hijinks would be. I enjoyed that she was like in. Can we curse? Yes. 
in the United States, what we would call like a fuck boy. She's like, <laughs> different area code doesn't count. You know, yeah. anytime he or she were traveling, it seemed to be okay to hook up with someone else. Yeah, she would just go to Texas and like find these billionaires and yeah. like bring them around the world. Like she went to Thailand and for listeners who don't know, she the moment that she and Andrew had to finally get a divorce was because she had her picture taken in, I think it was in Thailand, on the beach mm-hmm. with her boyfriend literally kissing her foot while she was laying there topless and her like three-year-old daughter was playing nearby. Yeah, that's a hard one to come back from. Like <laughs> foot play is pretty much a deal breaker. I think that is like so over the, it's like you've crossed the Rubicon when when someone's sucking your foot in public. Yeah, because I mean, we've seen someone like John Travolta sucking face with someone that was supposed to be a child caretaker. And we can explain that one away. Like, oh no, there was something on his mouth and he was just getting it off. But like <laughs> mouth to foot, like the only, the only thing I'm listening to is, yo, there was a snake on the boat. She got bit by a snake and I was sucking out the venom. That's the only, and they right. didn't go that route. So we know it was sexual. It was, it's so crazy. And she started hooking up with that guy while she was still pregnant with her younger daughter. That grosses me out. She was, like, five months pregnant with whatever the younger one is. And because I, like, refuse to learn how to distinguish them. Well, there's Eugenie and Beatrice. So it's, like, yeah, one or the other. (laughs) Yeah, one of them. She was five months pregnant with her. And she started an affair. Yeah, five months, you're feeling it. Like, you're real. You're feeling pregnant. You're looking pregnant. Um, That is – but – you know, it, it speaks to who Fergie is and how, like you said, she just had a different relationship with Andrew that wasn't this intimate, passionate, romantic relationship, at least not after a while. Yeah. And her whole thing was, well, he's away all the time and that's why I have a license to do this. And it's like, I it makes me think that they had an agreement, actually. Right. And think about the fact that let's, since we don't know the daughters, can we just call them both Bugini? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, when she found, she probably at five months knew that the second Pugini also wasn't a boy. So it could have carried less value in terms of royal standings. Oh, yeah, maybe. You pop out those royal dicks and you're getting paid. Yeah. You pop out <laughs> royal vagina and you end up in debt. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the other thing is like the amount of money that she spent it's like and she would do nothing for it like she would try to do this like humanitarian stuff and everyone would just be like girl we know that you don't give a shit about this like we know that you're a monster like don't even try don't even try to hug children with cancer because like we don't want to see it you're gonna make it worse you're just gonna make it worse (laughs) she would she would she strikes me as the type that would fly around the world to raise $2,000 and then submit her expenses to the charity that totaled like $50,000. Yes. Know? That was like one thing that's like as far as I got in the book was that one, um, because for the listeners, we read, we were supposed to read this book. It's called <laughs> Fergie Confidential. It was, and I hate to shit on a book because I know it's really hard to write a book. It was Get the away. worst. It was like the worst book I've ever read. It was I so think- Part of what got me was, you know, you're trying to learn the characters' names, and you got every single character's name, first and last name, with no regard to importance whatsoever. Right. So, And the meals, like any meal anyone had, you would get a detailed exactly what they had for, like, soup, salad, appetizer, the name of the waiter or waitress, what their demeanor was. And then you get to the end of the page, and you're like, what the fuck did I just read? Yeah. <laughs> and then nothing happens. But I think it I think it was very it was very British. Like reading it, I was like, this is definitely uh, a dry, direct sense of, you know, what happened. This is a this is a recalling of events devoid of emotion or opinion. Right. And a, and like a little spectrumy. Yeah. Like a little bit just like, you know, detail over like quantity over quality, let's yeah. say. For confidential. Of, yeah. Not so confidential because it was a published book. But yeah, yeah. the title <laughs> made it sound like it was going to be so juicy. Maybe it should have been Fergie declassified. Yeah, that that... more accurate. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did sound very juicy, but it it wasn't. It wasn't. It sounded like it. It was like reading diplomatic cables. Yeah, or it like was... law books. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> and I was like, this is like, this woman is like psycho. Like, how are you writing this boring of a book about her? But maybe the reason it's so boring is because all of her psychosis is so out in the open. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. Like the shit where she was in a first class flight with her dad and a bunch of other people and she got... <laughs> Okay. I know where you're going with this. I got so excited. I know. Well, this microphone, we're both using the same mic and the tripod does not work. No, I'm going to have to, I'm going to figure out a way to lock it down one day. Yeah, it just doesn't work. But so, so when she's on the flight and she gets hammered and she puts a paper bag on her head and starts like screaming in front of all these people and her dad is just sitting there like, oh, sweetie, what are you doing? Like one of my favorite moments of the book, the story, her life. Um, see, to me, when someone lives a life that is that under the microscope, it's a crazy life. And mm-hmm. for someone to live under the microscope in that way, where every single place you go, it's not just people looking at you, it's people gasping upon seeing you and they can't take their eyes off you. And you, every time you breathe or chew or fart or fall like there's cameras and people watching so if you can live in that life and be completely normal you are fucking crazy yeah that's that's insane to me so you take someone like um american comedian dave chappelle who had an offer on the table from comedy central that was worth like north of like around 100 million dollars or so and he just booked off for africa People said he was crazy for doing that. And I thought, like, no, he's completely sane for doing that. The world he lives in, and like Fergie, the world she lived in was so nuts that if she didn't go crazy along with her surroundings, she would have cracked up. But here we are, and she's, you know, still a productive uh, human being who's, you know, a good mom to her daughters, probably going to be a great grandmother soon. So, it's when someone in a crazy environment acts crazy, that feels normal to me. Seeing like a J-Lo just smiling on the street every day, devoid of any signs of aging whatsoever, that looks crazy to me. Yeah, that's a really good point. And then when you look at like Kate Middleton, who has literally never done a single thing wrong, it's weird. It freaks me. Yeah, you're right. It's freaky. She is not, she's not normal in the sense of normal. I feel like... If we were to be like having coffee or tea and we invited her over to our table, I feel like she'd be sitting there with perfect posture, her hands rested on her knees, uh, her head thoughtfully tilted to the side, but she wouldn't really engage. Yeah. Whereas Fergie, I feel like would sit down, uh, maybe smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Like really like sister down with us. And um, because I do because she's a real person. Yeah, that's really true. And it's funny to see how the royal family just could not handle that whatsoever and had to push her out. But she did take it to a really insane level, like Mm -hmm. the cheating and the spending. It's just like, who do you who do you think you are? Right. That was crazy. Like they had also it's not even her fault, really, I think, with the spending, because this is something we it's kind of her fault. She did. She took it way over the line. But at the same time, the queen gave them. A staff of 25 people. Mm -hmm. The two of them, when they got married, they had a staff of 25 people. Like, what were those people doing? Uh, I I could do with a staff of 25. I'm not going to lie. I would would find something for those people to do. Wouldn't you run out of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But that might have also been kind of maddening. You have 25 people waiting on your every word at all times. You go from that to not. She literally went from having no staff to having a huge staff, reduced staff to, again, like no staff whatsoever. Yeah. And that's that's just a weird transition, like a really severe fall from grace in terms of lifestyle and expectations and responsibility. Yeah, and it's like the the palace and the queen is giving you all this stuff, giving you this gigantic mansion with a staff of 25 people, but not ever really laying out what the rules are and what the ground, like how you're really supposed to behave and how they expect you not to be a quote unquote celebrity when they're giving you all of this stuff that only celebrities get. So it must be so confusing. Like, what do you do? And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like, the royal family would just issue rules and it might have behooved them to have a palace psychologist 
to mm-hmm. say, like, how are you feeling today? How is this affecting you? How's it going? And I don't I don't think there's any evidence that that there was a real person like that that was officially appointed. And we kind of see that in the recorded Diana phone calls. You know, whenever right. she had a private conversation with someone, she was treating it as a therapy session. But um, turns out, it, it you know, it could have just been some asshole recording all the conversations. Right. Which, and they just they well, what they would do, at least for Diana, they tried to get her to go to two different psychiatrists and she really didn't connect with either of them. And she uh-huh. had no say in who she went to. She wasn't free to pick who it was. And yeah. she started to become really paranoid because she was like, they're going to just go and tell like the queen or whoever, everything that I'm saying, they're going to tell her servants. And so I think it does like, yeah, like you said, if you don't go crazy, you're probably just already crazy Yes, because yeah, they had, and even when, whenever they would get engaged, like this happened with Kate Middleton and with Diana and I'm assuming with Fergie, they get engaged to these guys and they still don't have like a cop assigned to them. They still don't have security and they still don't have any sort of protection whatsoever. So they really just throw you in at the deep end and they don't tell you how to cope at all. Right. And you know what the crazy thing is? You'd think that a Meghan Markle, a Kate Middleton, like haven't they learned? Don't they know what this is like? Don't they know what royal life is like? Well, no. Because every generation of royalty only occurs every 20 to 30 years. And the, you know, technology and communication and mass media changes so much in those 20 to 30 years that they don't know what to expect. You know, like Diana's predecessor, the queen never got followed by paparazzi to such an extent. And now, you know, Kate and Meghan... I, it's hard to tell because I feel like the the British press is kind of listening to the request to leave them alone, but not really, you know, but it, it's just so, so different generationally that when people say, like, didn't they know what to expect? Well, yeah, in some aspects, but in a lot of them, they're just so completely different that it's impossible to anticipate what it's going to be like. Right. And right now, it's really interesting because the paparazzi don't follow Kate or Meghan around in the UK. They really don't. And Mm -hmm. if they did, the British papers wouldn't publish it. So the big issue that they're running into is the leaks coming from inside the different palaces. Yeah. Because really their employees are going and telling the papers what's going on. And you know how Megan's suing um, the Daily Mail for Uh publishing that letter that that she wrote to her dad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's really, it's weird because if they were going to start suing people, they could easily sue the Daily Mail or whoever ran the story that she made Kate Middleton cry when she was picking out a wedding outfit for Princess Charlotte. But they're not <laughs> suing. They're not suing for that because I think it's true. Right. So the problem really is that the people that work for them are going and leaking all these things, and mm-hmm. they can't actually sue because it's all true. Right. So it's just like this really weird thing where. I don't know. I don't know what they're supposed to do about it because the real issue that's annoying them so much, I think, is just people analyzing their actions and saying nasty things about them, which you can't ban people from doing that. I didn't know this. Fergie was in the front row at Diana and Charles's wedding. I know. So I I did not know that. And that was, you know, news to me, but just um, crazy when history does stuff like that. So I'm sure that they were on e- Fergie and Camilla were on each other's radars at the very least. And I could see uh, Camilla doing some, you know, infiltration via Fergie at one point or another, just because it would have been sensational to both of them. Yeah. So in the this other book I'm reading for the Diana episode that I'm recording next week, mm-hmm. she it's like it's called Diana in her own words. And it's literally this writer. It's a really good book. Actually, it's so much better than Fergie Confidential. <laughs> and it's this writer, he got Diana to talk to him and record things. So it's literally everything that she said about her marriage before she even got a divorce. Mm-hmm. So she talks about Fergie and she she and Fergie, obviously, you know, like it's common knowledge, I guess, that they had a very like hot and cold relationship yeah. where they would get they would have drama and they would get like weirded out by each other. And then other times they would be each other's best friend. But so Diana says in the book that, um, let me find it. She, she says in the book basically that she, that Fergie just kind of glommed onto her 
Mm-hmm. And she didn't even want Fergie in the front row at the wedding. She just kind of appeared there and she was like, oh, okay, I guess Fergie's in the front row at our wedding. And I guess now she's just like sticking to everybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know about the wedding seating. I'm sure Diana had no control over anything that happened that day, like whatsoever. They were like, put that. your left foot in front of your right foot until you get the end and then say what you're told to say. That was probably the extent of her input. But it's always been my impression that Diana recruited Fergie because like as another normal human being and she was the one inviting her on vacations and she was the one really trying to make something happen between Fergie and Andrew. Yeah. She says in the Morton book that she just kind of introduced them and then was like, okay, I'm out. But I think you're right. I think you're Mm -hmm. probably more right that she wanted to have an ally within the family. And then it sort of backfired on her because everyone liked Fergie more than her in the beginning Mm -hmm. because Fergie was so fun and outgoing and like nothing like devil may care attitude. But then obviously the things reversed when she started getting caught making out with other men in public. Right. I feel like if we were if you're if you're talking like what's the difference between Fergie and Diana, I would think like Diana would walk into a bar and she'd be like, oh, may I please have some uh, water with lemon? And Fergie would, like, grab a pint and, like, drink it and, like, be ordering another one with her free hand before she even put the first one down. Like, that's the kind of, like, bar energy I get from Fergie. Oh, totally. She would be, like, swinging from the chandelier in 10 minutes. <laughs> well, my knickers, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, What do you think of her daughters? I know we've, you know, yeah. Well, we- we know one of them maimed on Worldwide Treasure, Ed Sheeran, right? Like, Wait, a, what? A, yeah, one of uh, Eugenie, because we're not, we're not differentiating between the two of them. Um, she was mock knighting Ed Sheeran and literally sliced his ear with a sword. Oh, my God. And, and got in no trouble whatsoever. So that just speaks to her status as a human being. Because anyone else doing that, there probably would have been like a you know, some kind of consequence as well. You shouldn't have done that. Um, I enjoy their energy. They have golden tickets and they know it. And I feel like they walk around with like golden ticket energy. Um, I remember at, at Kate and Wills's wedding, just, you know, their hats were probably the stupidest of all hats. I love a fascinator. Like I am into the hats. I'm into the fashion. I'm into like the grandeur of it. But I remember Eugenie or Beatrice had like a really curly shit going on the and I remember hat. Thinking, like not good not good and they're you know they're not the, they're not the uh the most gorgeous attractive beautiful and that's just from a that's just from an aesthetics point of view that doesn't really matter in in scheme of anything but I feel like they're at they have such confidence yeah. and that makes them really likable yeah, they definitely I th- I totally get what you're saying with the golden ticket energy. They just are like, you know what? This is what we look like and fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I fucking belong. Get the fuck out. Get out of yeah. my life. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Like they don't even it's it's weird cuz it's like they don't even try to kind of glam themselves up. They're just right. like we're here and we look like this and get used to it. <laughs> we look like, <laughs> and it's crazy um, that they get to have their weddings in like palaces and everything. I'm like, yo, streamline this shit, streamline this monarchy. Like, I don't pay taxes here in the UK, shit. but whenever I do, I am going to get very pissed. I think whenever I see them walking around in Oscar de la Renta, because it's like, who are you? Why exactly. do you? Exactly. Why well, do look, you get this? Look at the Rothschild wedding. Like, they paid out of pocket. Yeah. You know, they could afford it. It was a ro- it was in my sense, it was the it was almost to the degree of a royal wedding. The Nikki but, Hilton one? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, don't get me started on that dress. That was amazing. I can't um, believe she bagged a Rothschild. It's just it's crazy. I know. We're ta- I mean like when you think about um so Fergie would commingle the Americans she would commingle with were billionaires, right? Mm-hmm. But but well-regarded and kind of high class. The name Hilton, like Conrad Hilton back in the day built it to, it was American royalty. Like Conrad Hilton was an icon. Everyone looked up to him. And then, you know, he had uh, Rick Hilton, his son. And then what Nikki and Paris did. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Married to Elizabeth Taylor. 
what Nikki and Paris did. And originally it was the two of them together. They were doing Maxim shoots together. They were, you know, doing all that stuff. And then Nikki kind of realized, like, I don't want to be a party girl and known for being a party girl. So she kind of separated herself from Paris a little bit. But what they did to the Hilton name, especially with a sex tape involved, is on, you know, it, it seems like something that can't be forgiven or forgotten. And then you have Nikki Hilton hooking up with, like you said, a, a freaking Rothschild. That's huge. Yeah. That's like the old money of the old money. It's like Illuminati shit. Yeah. I couldn't yes. believe it. I mean, it, I guess it just goes to show you that when it comes to money, you can literally do whatever you want. Like, if you are like old enough money, it doesn't matter what you do. Because Rick Hilton, I think he was the one who. His name was Rick, right? The one who married Elizabeth Taylor. No, it was Conrad. Conrad. No, it wasn't Conrad. It was no? his it was his son. Because Conrad was the one who had the storyline on Mad Men. You're absolutely and, right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he was the one who was like he seemed like he was a smart, hardworking guy. And then always, whenever you have this rags to riches story, the children are monsters because mm-hmm. they're just born rich and spoiled. So his son who married Elizabeth Taylor, he was he started beating her like on their honeymoon. Mm-hmm. He was a complete trash ball. He was a total piece of shit. But, you know, I guess the press kind of protected him because, I mean, it was the 50s and everybody was sort of like beating their wives back then, unfortunately. It was, thing to do. It was very, yeah. very in, in vogue. It was seen as like a, a personal thing that the couple figures out and not you know, a reason to tar and feather someone, which it is or should be today. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, like I, it's crazy. Their name is like Teflon. Like you're saying the, what they did to that name, they, they trashed it up so much. And then they're just like, whatever. We're here. (laughs) We're still rich. But yeah, I feel like. Think about how um, Stephanie Pratt was very close to being like connected to that whole situation because she was dating Someone from Made in Chelsea that was like very like a, a brother-in-law of a Rothschild. Oh my that god, I didn't know that. The planet could not handle it. The planet could not handle Spencer and you know what's Heidi. her name? Stephanie. Yes. Oh no, 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 no. They should stay where they're at. They should be like banned from leaving the state of California. I think that is a that's like far too trashtastic for what would go on. Wow, it's. Like we're we're digressing a little with the Hiltons, but I feel like um, Kathy Hilton, Rick Hilton's wife, and Paris and Nikki's mother is just so proper and elegant and everything that she instilled the confidence in those girls. Like you can move on from anything. Yeah, you know, like sex tape, move on. Drug arrest, move on. Jail time, let's move it along. And look at they've done just that. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to compare and contrast them with Fergie. Right. Because, yeah, Fergie's done the same thing, kind of. Like, she just sort of, I mean, she wasn't born to the, she was born to, like, sort of a blue blood family, but not really. Right. And she married into the royal family, and, yeah, she just won't go away now. There's a dynamic um, that I find very interesting, and... You look at Fergie and her daughters, and I would put them in the same classification of, like, physical appearance, attractiveness, I, you know, right in line. But Fergie had a beautiful, thin mother, and yeah. that shit can fuck you up. Yeah. When someone that gave birth to you, that you feel like, you're like, oh, I got your bowling skills. Why couldn't I get your, like, amazing rack or something, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, and when you see it, when you see girls who have mothers that are just so beautiful, it can really fuck with your psyche. And I definitely think that it's something that initially fucked Fergie up. Like, I've got a hot mom who's like, you know, going around. And I think she like addressed it and got over it because she was so comfortable in her own skin. Yeah. Um, initially, you know, I'm sure that I'm sure the press and the Duchess of Pork stuff like ate away at her. But I think that she she was very aware of how she looked, how she came across, and her comfort with that was what made people so attracted to her and gave her such good energy. Yeah. And I think it also is what pissed a lot of people off about her, too. Yeah. Because, you know, the press was really nasty to her, like, about her fashion choices and everything, which is really funny because now when you look back at 
her fashion choices versus Diana's in the same era, you're like, it's all just 80s garbage. Right. Like, right. One of they them look, look kind of the same. Yeah. And she's not even the one picking her clothes out. So if people are, so it, it was her, it wasn't the clothes because if people were continually saying like, she's dressing like an asshole, they would have at one point been like, all right, the stylist has got to go. Let's move in someone else. that's better. And I'm sure they did that. And yeah. that person's like, I don't know what to fucking tell you. Anything we put on her, people are just going to hate because she's wearing it. If I were those two, I might've started wearing the same thing at different mm-hmm. points just to be like, you guys, like, we caught you, you know? Like, it doesn't matter who's wearing it. It doesn't matter who's wearing it. You just hate her and not her clothes. Yeah. You just feel comfortable. It makes you feel better about yourself to make fun of Fergie. That's, like, a safe, comfortable place. And I think our nations do that at points where we, if we have a target who's not fashionable, we're basically calling ourselves more fashionable than she is. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And I, it's really interesting. It's interesting that like Beatrice and Eugenie haven't been the same sort of scapegoats in that way, except for with the exception of that hat was the only time anyone ever, you know, the masses really took a shit on them. But other than that, people are just like accepting the fact that they're famous and, you know, part of the public. Because the thing the thing that's really crazy is the two of them technically don't receive public funds Mm -hmm. and. Even Prince Andrew, when he was married to Fergie, he technically received X amount from the public purse. Mm-hmm. It was like 80,000 pounds a year or something, not that high. But the thing is, like, the queen pays for his house and their tw- staff of 25 people. So mm-hmm. it's like everybody in the UK, kind not everybody, but the royalists in the UK, they sort of tell themselves, okay, like, they're not really receiving any public funding, but it's like, no, they... They really are. It's just they're getting it like third hand, you right. know. Right. And I don't know how people I don't know how there's not riots in the street whenever those two girls show up in designer clothes. It just makes no sense to me. They've got but they've got to be getting some things for free. Yeah, some, I think yeah. some things have to be coming for free. But I think that that's kind of bullshit. I think they I think the I think they enjoy shopping too. Cuz you yeah. see them out shopping, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And they definitely like even in New York when they either one or both of them was working in like an art gallery in New York and they were like in the New York scene. They were socialites Mm -hmm. in New York. And I'm like, where is this money coming from? Like you're not earning the money that it takes to uphold this lifestyle in New York City. Oh, no. If people no, if people don't know to be an unpaid intern in New York City, you're putting in like a couple grand a month. in Living expenses. And if you're like those girls, you're going out to the Hamptons every weekend and that's going to cost you, too. Right. And yeah. it's it's just, you know, Fergie always got in trouble for sponging off of people, sponging off of billionaires and accepting free gifts because the royals aren't supposed to accept freebies. It's really, really against everything. Even with their clothing, they're not supposed to. Right. So Beatrice and Eugenie have to be doing the same thing, but no one cares. They learned from the best. <laughs> <laughs> like there has been no more successful house guest than Fergie in the history of inappropriate sponging and travel. Right. Um, just having rich friends. But think about it. They, they are friends with like the Ed Sheerans of the world and mm-hmm. they can just hop on his private plane or whomever's, you know, when they go, are they friends with Taylor Swift yet? Has Taylor Swift really infiltrated British culture? Yes, because one of them, Beatrice or Eugene. Oh my God. Now we're getting into a really amazing rabbit hole. Beatrice. <laughs> One of them, Beatrice or Eugenie, commented on Carly Kloss's, like, Instagram, or Carly Kloss commented on their Finsta when they got engaged. So it was like, okay, Beatrice and Eugenie are friends with Carly Kloss. Carly Kloss and Taylor Swift used to be best friends or date, depending on who you ask. So Carly Kloss is still friends with Beatrice and Eugenie, and she's friends with, like, Wendy Dang, like, Rupert Murdoch's ex-wife. And she's a sister-in-law of the freaking Trump of Ivanka. Yeah. So Beatrice and Eugenie have definitely hung out with Jared and Ivanka. My, so I think what I think with Carly is that she's smart and she's not willing to make enemies the way Taylor Swift would like her to. Yeah. Taylor Swift wants ride or die bitches. If you like so much as like hum a Justin Bieber song, like you're dead to her. Yeah. So I think that they were very close friends. They did a freaking Vogue cover together. Yeah. Like 
They, it, I mean, per Anna Wintour, they could not be separated. But and the rumor that the last rumor I heard was that, and I think this is total bullshit, was that Carly Cost was overstaying her welcome at Taylor Swift's Tribeca apartment. Yeah, like, no that's way. Fucking, that's so. That's such bullshit. Carly Cost makes millions and millions and millions of dollars. She's she's boning a Kushner at that point. Like, there's no way she has a need to stay at Taylor Swift's place. And they said she invited people over when Taylor wasn't home. I just don't see that as a realistic, um, you know, crux of any kind of fight. Right. But, however, Taylor Swift, I could totally see her be mad at Carly for totally different reasons. And then um, be like, and use that as a, you know what she did? She took advantage of me, blah, blah, blah. Because Taylor Swift is full of shit. Yeah, I think you're right about that. You know what I have not mentioned to you is, and I, you know, should I should have said this. This should have been a disclosure at the beginning. My my personal beef with Fergie. What is it? Well, as a horny twelve year old, <laughs> I laid eyes on Prince William, and it was, you know, like I can't speak for him, but I fell fast. It was, you know. Something about his hair, his eye. I just, I love Prince William. He was gorgeous. Began, oh, yeah. Go- he gorgeous kid. I began celebrating his birthday in <laughs> July. Um, and I told my dad, I was like, I'm, here's, here's some news for you, dad. I am going to marry Prince William. And my dad started hysterically laughing. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what, what's so funny? Like, what is, what is it about me? You know? And he said, Sandra. There is no way the queen will allow another redhead in the palace. (laughs) And then he explained to me why. And I remember as a 12-year-old just being like, yeah, fuck Fergie. Fuck, she she ruined it for all of us. I I thought, now I have no shot with Prince William thanks to this lunatic, you know? And I just knew her as the Weight Watchers woman. Yeah. Wait, so what was your – your dad was saying like – she was too much of a fiery redhead and it will never yeah. happen again. The palace will never accept another redhead. It's like Harry is the only ginger allowed apparently. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I just conceded. I moved on to uh, Christian Bale. You know, because. <laughs> same, same, same thing as William. Yeah. yeah. Great, great accent. Very talented actor. Um, I don't know if you saw the movie Newsies, but really just, just a powerhouse of talent. Oh my God. I love him. He's so good. Oh yeah. Um, I think they, yeah, they definitely hate redheads. Like, you know, Charles was really nasty about it when Harry was born with red hair. <laughs> yeah. But is he, am I allowed to say this? Is yeah. Harry Charles's son. I think he is. We've, we talked about this last week too. I don't think Diana would have been ballsy enough to step out on Charles at that point in their relationship. She was definitely still like hopelessly in love with him and hoping that he was going to like one day fall back for her again. And yes, he has red hair like James Gilby or James Hewitt. Yes, it's James Hewitt. And Mm -hmm. but the thing is, I think his face is very Charlesy, especially the older he gets. Okay, I'm just going to I'm going to leave a little crack open on the door of possibility. Yeah. Uh, for the for the point of this conversation, yes, he's Charles's son, but I have always held on to the idea that he's a Hewitt boy. You think so? I just do. I just do. And you know what? Ronan Farrow pushes me to, in that in that belief even more because the, you know, it's a question of Mia Farrow um was married to Woody Allen when he was conceived. But she was also frequently seeing Frank Sinatra. When you see pictures of Ronan Farrow next to oh. Frank Sinatra and Woody Allen, there's no fucking question. He's a clone of Frank Sinatra. Clone. And I hear that he wears um, baby blue contacts to make his eyes even bluer. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. don't think Woody Allen has normal sex. No, with I his daughter, you mean, or like in general? With anyone. I don't think he does P and V to completion normal sex. I don't remember why I think that. I mean, you know, obviously he's adopted so many kids. He only had, like, Ronan was supposed to be one of two biological kids, and he's clearly not his kid. Right. And I think there was something that I read somewhere that, like, one of the fucking 15 year olds that he like statutory raped in the 80s mm-hmm. said 
he doesn't do normal. He's not a nor- he's not a normal guy. He's not doing normal stuff. I could t- I mean like marrying marrying your adopted daughter. It's uh, it's an outside yeah. of the box. He's an outside of the box thinker. And for that reason, <laughs> I just can't I can't get down with anything he has to do and I am thrown for a fucking loop when it comes to Scarlett Johansson screaming about the Me Too movement and how important it is and you know yelling at James Franco like give me back my fucking pin and then she does an interview and she's like oh I support Woody Woody I believe him I would totally work with him again you can't be a defender of victims and just you know side with this guy because he's your buddy yeah and there's a lot of money tied up in the relationship so that complicates things also if you do if she does truly, truly, truly believe that he's innocent, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I've never been in that situation where I had someone close to me accused of something like that. I have no idea what it's like. Maybe she really believes that it's all a farce. Keep it to yourself. Yes. Thank you. Like, why do you need to discredit the girl who's accusing him, his freaking right. daughter? And right. also whether he molested his, you know, biological daughter is immaterial like it doesn't even matter because he married his adopted daughter which is also completely insane and he dated in like dozens of teenagers in the 80s yeah like he's a perv yeah hands down hands down like whether he whether that other stuff with his daughter happened or not it's like who knows nobody knows you have to respect her for coming forward, and he already did tons of other disgusting shit. Oh, yeah. oh, well, speaking of sex with teenagers, we're getting some news about Prince Andrew lately. Yeah, and okay. Mr. Jeffrey Epstein. Now, I was, I'm glad you brought that up, because in this, have you ever seen the, so for listeners who don't know about how Fergie was caught trying to blackmail, basically sell access to the royal family, this guy known as the fake Sheikh, he went in and she she accepted money from him. She accepted a suitcase of money from him in exchange for talking to him about the royal family and about Prince Andrew. And she said, and I quote, he meets the most, Prince Andrew, meets the most amazing people and he just throws him throws them my way. Mm-hmm. So that to me says, Fergie has probably flown on Jeffrey Epstein's plane since 100%, the cuddle plane that was designed for cuddling. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. She's met Epstein for sure. I think she's probably flown on his plane. God knows what else she knows. Hasn't he? But he's bailed out her debts, right? Yeah. He he paid for some of her debts. Yeah. Epstein did. And that when you think about when whenever you hear or read or talk about Fergie, debt is always a part of the conversation Mm because as many times as much. Okay. So Diana was given 15 million when she parted ways with the royal family. Fergie was given a couple hundred thousand dollars, right? Not even a million. Yeah, like not a lot of money. So she's in this position where she's one of the most famous people on the planet. She has a lifestyle and a reputation to maintain, but not the funds to do it. Mm -hmm. So she runs up all this debt. So obviously, you know, she got mixed up with the wrong kind of guy in Jeffrey Epstein. But like you said, her and Andrew still friends, still cohabitating at times. Um, they both got, you know, involved with this guy and Andrew didn't need money for shit. So his right. relationship with Jeffrey Epstein is very different than the one that Fergie had with him. Yeah. And there's some dark shit going on there with that, like, triad of people. There is just, there's no way that that money came with no strings attached. I don't know. And now the late, I, I read the other day, um, people unearthed photographs of Jeffrey and Andrew walking around Central Park together about 10 years ago. And his response from his PR team was, oh, that was like their breakup walk. Yeah. That was Andrew went to New York to like let him know personally in public with photographers around that we are no longer friends. I don't know about you, but I can I can break up with someone via text. Like, yeah, (laughs) I don't need to I don't need a transatlantic flight. Uh, hotel stay and a stroll through Central Park, which listen, if there was no snacks involved, then that's bullshit. You you don't just stroll through Central Park with nothing. Um, To tell someone that I don't want to be their friend anymore. That's just terrible, terrible PR. Even if that was the truth, 
just a horrible defense that no one's going to believe. And I, I don't believe it. Yeah, especially for the royal family, they don't do that. They categorically do not explain to people why they're not speaking to them. They just freeze them out because they're right. the royal family and they, they don't have do to do that. Right. Like cut them off like a fucking Kennedy. You think yeah. Kennedys linger on their old relationships? Absolutely not. Those people are probably six feet under. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I think it's also really crazy how here in the UK, the the press has not been on top of this Andrew stuff whatsoever. I mean, no. they, they, they reported, yeah, they've reported the stuff they have to report. They've reported the things that are factual that don't include any speculation, but the amount of, and this is also another thing that makes me appreciate Meghan Markle and feel sympathy for her is the column inches dedicated to hating Meghan Markle versus hating Prince Andrew. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. It's just, right. They, they're still focusing on Meghan Markle and how terrible they think she is. And they're saying next to nothing about Prince Andrew. Right. It's insane. And the the way the Queen is doing all these public shows of support of Prince Andrew is completely disgusting. I don't understand how anyone can support any of it. It's just, it's awful. And he's always been the favorite son. And that's yeah. so clear. Everyone seems to know it. It's out in the open. So and it and it seemed as though Fergie was her favorite daughter-in-law from mm. Jump Street, like since she came along. Yeah, you know she she brought like a realness to royal life, but at the beginning it was realness paired with dignity. It's when the dignity you know was stripped away, and we're just left with this actual human with flaws. Yeah, that you know the the royal family couldn't stand. And the thing about Fergie is, like, she is really likable to a point because then when you get into the Epstein stuff, it's like she knew what Epstein was doing. I knew what Epstein was doing. It was all over the Internet years before any of it broke and became public. Everyone knew that Prince Andrew went on this sleazy private jet with, like, underage girls, you know. And Fergie definitely knew. And the other thing that shows that she's really not a great person is how she plagiarized those books that she wrote. Do you remember that? (laughs) (laughs) She wrote these books for the listeners that was called, I forget what it was called. It was about a flying helicopter. Bumpy or something like that. Budgie. Budgie. Thank you. Yeah. Budgie. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And she, and she, and it, it turned out that she plagiarized them. So this was like her big money making scheme. She was like, my new passion is writing children's books and I'm going to like write all these books. And she wrote them and they actually were like bestsellers and there was merchandise and she was, she was finally doing something that was like, you know, not sleazy, but Hmm. able to make money for herself. And it turned out she fucking stole it. So let's say, Let's say, let's put ourselves in a world where she kind of knew what uh, Jeffrey and or Andrew was up to, right? We're all the product of our environment. We all have like different levels of acceptance for things. Fergie's dad, his downfall was getting caught for sex acts in a massage parlor. Yes. So like she, so to her, it might be like, oh yeah, there's a part of the male being that needs deviant acts. And that's just the way things are. She might, so she might've known and been okay overlooking it. Cause I don't know about you, but like, I definitely have a few friends that belong in jail for the sex acts they performed. I think, <laughs> I think they're all, they're all consensual. <laughs> but like, you know, we all have people in our lives that we can overlook certain things. Um, let, let's say that, let's say that I would associate with people who I would not allow them to treat me the way they treat their partners. Yeah. And maybe Fergie just comes from a place of, you know, that's, that's meant boys be boys, you know, like that's what they do. And maybe she could have overlooked it in that way. Cause her father was, you know, the hot shit, uh, polo player and then completely disgraced. That I forgot about that, that he got caught getting handies at a massage parlor. That is the funniest. Come on. It's like a high five for the dick. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to make such a big deal about that? It's And so, okay. So Fergie is wearing these big, bright 80s fashions, shoulder pads often. Um, I have similar hair to Fergie in that if you just let it be, it's wild. And I will, I'll let it go wild all the time. I am not a duchess. The other thing about 
uh, gingers, and I believe you'll concur, is that there is a look that's referred to as no makeup, right? Mm-hmm. When a ginger wears no makeup, it looks like less than a no makeup look. Yeah. You look like devoid of eyelashes, lips, everything. Like my eyelashes and eyebrows are translucent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we I need, had to get microblading. Oh god, I, I'm so jealous. I lo- I love that. Um I got bangs to to deal with my eyebrow issues, so you just don't see my bangs. But um Fergie would wear these like crazy patterned shoulder pad looks and in it she, no makeup no hair it looked when she was out and about it looked more like a fitting session where they're like we'll worry about hair and makeup later but she would just go out like that that's so true that's so true yeah when you have red hair also you need to keep your clothing choices simple like uh-huh, because you're already decorated enough yes you don't love need that. more you don't put like you know, houndstooth ribbon on a freaking Christmas tree. Like there's enough going on. Keep it simple at that point. Compliment the looks. And she was wearing colors that just didn't jive with red hair a lot too. And they made her skin look even more washed out. Yeah. You have to keep it simple. You have to wear a little bit more of a lip and a little bit more eye. And yeah, she just looks like a clown all the time in the 80s. All the time. All the I, think time. She, I think she's learned though. But even if like, like even if you think of a redhead who has really delicate features that mm-hmm. wouldn't overwhelm, which like, you know, maybe Lindsay Lohan, she has, you know, <laughs> she has this little button nose. And what she's you hear Lindsay Lohan are referring to? <laughs> old school Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, Lindsay okay. Lohan in her prime. I'm back. She, even she would keep her her fashion choices simple. She would never be doing like a giant shoulder on a bright dress. Like, and she's got like the kind of face that doesn't really overwhelm. So yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's a redhead styling choice that yeah. Fergie obviously took decades to internalize. But and now Lowen is like a turncoat ginger. She's I know. like, I will be forever in a tanning bed and or getting sprayed. And by the way, I'm blonde now. Yeah. And it, when you fight nature to that extent that she has, it just doesn't work. And so on the on a very plus side, Fergie has always embraced her gingerness. She yeah. has never done anything to suggest that she's anti-ginger. And as gingers, we support you in yes. that endeavor. Let's talk about the Weight Watcher stuff before oh, we wrap yeah. up. So I feel like that was my first introduction to her as a kid was seeing her doing Weight Watchers commercials. 100%. That was the first, I mean, post, you know, my father devastating me with the news that I would never marry Prince William, which by Weight Watchers period, I had kind of adjusted to. Um, Yeah. And I asked my mom, I said, who is that? And she said, well, you know, Prince Charles, that's his brother's former wife. So I was like, okay, um, just such a huge deal to be a Weight Watchers uh, ambassador. It still is. But she was the main spokesperson for such a long time, which also kind of baffles me about Weight Watchers in that how do you have someone who is on their weight loss journey for years and years at a time? Like, aren't you kind of demonstrating the ineffectiveness if that's the case? Because right. I think they've really – now it's not even called Weight Watchers anymore. They're just called WW. Which is insane, yeah. Which is completely insane because let's, you know, be honest about what you do. Um, I think they've, like, gotten a formula down. And I've heard so many people have amazing success stories with them. I think in the 80s and 90s, though, they were subscribed to the just low-fat trend. Yeah. And anything that was fat-free was, like, goodbye, everyone. Um, We found out that wasn't the case. But um, Fergie appearing on these American commercials was just it was a first yeah it's crazy and it's crazy that the palace sort of I mean I guess they had no say over what she did back then anymore anyway but I guess she probably didn't really appear in the UK in those things it was more of a US thing but yeah though I think Weight Watchers it's weird they do always have a spokesperson who's sort of attainable you know what I mean like it's never gonna be like a Nicole Richie weight loss story (laughs) (laughs) how Nicole Richie went from 85 pounds to 84 pounds right with the the magic of ketamine (laughs) (laughs) 
So Fergie is this, you know, ambassador for Weight Watchers. But let's all remember what the tool she utilized to maintain her weight back in the day, which was speed. You know, like doctors are prescribing her speed and everyone's like, that shit's working. She looks fabulous. (laughs) It's crazy. The wild, wild west of nutrition and health, you know, Everyone, everyone in the royal family Every woman in the royal family, what I've learned, has been, like, a friggin' Adderall junkie. Like, the queen was prescribed speed after she had her first two kids. Princess Margaret, like, all of them. They've all, like, Fergie, Diana. Diana was given it, too. Like, it's so crazy. It's, like, so funny. I mean, I guess it was just standard back then, especially if you were, like, a rich white lady. Like, you go to the doctor, they're just going to be like, oh, here, this is this will just make you feel great. This, yeah, this will make you thin. Like, you will be thin with this. You're at, you will have no appetite, and you're going to fuck like a rabbit. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever side effects you enjoy, just go ahead and enjoy. But um, crazy, man, that, like, we didn't think, like, is this going to kill them like it's okay if it kills them as long as it's like a glamorous death like i know (laughs) yeah it's crazy i wonder how long furry was on it for and if she's still on it i'm sure she's not on it anymore i'm sure she's got access to it yeah that was something that she was interested in um and i'm sure crazy it changes your personality 100 percent. i mean you take a woman who's had this like tumultuous childhood she's in crazy circumstances being a duchess and let's throw her on psychoactive drugs yeah it takes away your impulse control it takes away your like moral compass it really is just insane like that anyone would expect her to just be acting normal when she's on speed all the time yeah if this were now that would have been her fidelity defense like uh Mm -hmm. sorry public it wasn't me it was the speed you know yeah and how wild is it that she is now back in their good graces again that she was invited to megan and harry's wedding I think um, I think it had to do a lot with Megan because, think? you know, it was very poignant when Eugenie and Beatrice showed up at Kate and Will's wedding alone. There was yeah. no, to my knowledge, there was no public announcement that she wouldn't be invited. It was a lot of people watching and waiting. And when they saw the two girls without their mother, it was surmised that she was not, in fact, invited And I think that I think that it had to do with Harry and Meghan saying, like, this woman is a part of our family. The -hmm. girls are a part of our family. We want her there. And she's she's one of their biggest links to Diana. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, and you want someone like that around just to tell you stories and maintain consistency. And um, when you live in that crazy, crazy world, you need a constant. And Fergie is a constant for them. And I yeah. think um, I think it was wonderful that they invited her to the wedding. And I was really happy to see her there. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, do you think she would have had a better life if she just married a billionaire and wasn't famous? Or do you think she needed the fame? I think that she needed the conflict in whatever form it came in. I think if she had married a billionaire, she would have been like fucking the stable boy. Yeah. Hundred percent. You know, maybe not on a national level with like all the news and observation, but I think that she was just inherently born with this like nose for mischief, and she was going to seek out drama wherever she could find it because she never yeah. did really leave well enough alone. Right, and alone. I think she, yeah, yeah, and I think she didn't understand that marrying the second-born royal son does not equate to a huge lump of liquid cash in your hand like I think she thought that that she was gonna have cash flowing at her and when she got the mansion and the staff of 25 and you know the access to the royal yacht or whatever she didn't realize that those that's the way the money comes and it's not just you know getting stacks thrown at you to spend on whatever you want right I mean to leave with a few hundred grand after being married to Andrew she couldn't even buy like a place in London. Right. You know, like, and if she did that, there goes your money. It's all completely gone. You need to have your own source of income. And for someone like her, what's she going to do? Go become an accountant. Right. Like she had to do these bullshit endorsements. She had to do the, you know, the plagiarizing book. 
<laughs> you didn't have to take someone else's shit, but um, Ghost Rider, anyone? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Been it's, better. Yeah, it's really actually appalling the way that the royal family treats the women that marry into it after they leave. It really is like because I don't think these people deserve any more money than what they get. But the fact of the matter is, when you bring a woman into such a high profile family, she's going to instantly become a celebrity. And to just pretend that you can turn that off and that you don't need a massive amount of money and resources to deal with that is really shitty. It's insane. There should be a tacit understanding that what you say about the other parent, you might as well be saying against the children. Yeah. The mother of your children, the father of your children, that is, and you know, look at Fergie and Andrew, like that is a sacred relationship. And doing anything against the other one is, um, you know, a mark on the entire family. Yeah. Very negative one. And I think that it's so beautiful that they're like the the OG co-parenters and able to like be in each other's lives and raise these poorly dressed girls (laughs) together. (laughs) Just from the the scalp up. Yeah. (laughs) Poorly dressed in hats. Yeah. That it is. It is a really good, but also at the same time, I'm like, what kind of sinister Illuminati blood pact did they make? With, I don't like, know, but I want to find out. Some people think Diva's a bitch. Who's a diva to you? Would you say, are you one? I never said that. Diva behaves. Great, uh, great gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> of course, I don't trust you. Diva behavior, the podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.